Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming to the Better Fightcast, your comprehensive, streamlined debate on the fights, plus the overarching trajectory of the UFC, Bellator, and all things mixed martial arts. As usual, today's schooling will be led by our resident MMA historians, decades-long students of this glorious, inspiring combat. Living and breathing the fight since they were scouring video store shelves for Pride VHS tapes. In the right corner, Joe Neubauer is at Joe Knows MMA. In the left corner, Sean Neubauer is at MMA underscore Insomniac. And in the middle, to help me bridge the gap between fans new and old, Gabrielle Shirley is at Gabby underscore T. A fan somewhere between a historian and a rookie like myself, I am Matt Kokomo and Matthew J. Better, a credentialed writer plus a student of health and comedy exploring how to maximize the human experience. We do that today by bearing witness to the purest, best of sport you can follow. Well, Joe, where shall the schooling begin today? As always, let's jump right into the fights. This weekend had at least some fights more than the week prior. Interesting news coming out, 145-pound champ, top prospect out of the UK, Patty Pimblett, loses to Nad Naramani at Cage Warriors 82. That was kind of a big deal. Patty Pimblett was a, is a huge prospect out of the UK. Really big. Had comparisons to Conor McGregor. That UK fan base is really behind him. I, he's still a very young kid. It's not a detrimental loss, but still a loss. And then, of course, on Friday night, Bellator 175. And Salmiak, did you watch? I did not. Nothing more to that? Any reason why not? <laughs> or you just... I just didn't watch. I didn't care to watch a Rampage King Mo fight at heavyweight. Well, a Rampage at 250 plus, pound, plus pounds also. That's just... Gotta say that. Well, that's just ridiculous. I watched. I watched Bellator 175. I watched and so did 909,000 other fans. And during the main event, its peak was at 1.3 million viewers. That's not too shabby for Bellator 175 on a Friday night. Pretty good week for Bellator. Yes. That's their second highest ratings of the year, of 2017 so far. They're starting their second quarter out great as a primarily TV business. That is right on par with the average UFC fight night. Where did I hear? You might have said it while I stepped out, but um, and maybe not to jump too far ahead, but to heck with it. Uh, it was either the Co-Main Event Podcast or uh, MMA Hour, which was the only two I've listened to this week, said that uh, Viacom was just gave them the green light to just like, do it, do, do it, I do it, that do it, do it, From go what for he it. Said, he asked, Get it, Ariel Hawani Get it. asked Scott Get Coker. Them. Are they going to build it? Stopping on the free agency, and Scott Coker told him that Viacom gave him the green light and Mm -hmm. told him to keep Mm -hmm. getting free agents. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. Now, let's get right into it, though. I know I'm one of the people, I don't know how the 1.3 million other people thought, but I thought that fight card sucked. I didn't like it at all. I still have a lot of problems with Bellator's product. Now, the reason I probably tuned in, just like a lot of other people, I feel like all the hardcore fans tuned in, because there was just a lot of happening so far. Bellator's really been in the news. Mm -hmm. The last two weeks, they've been even more talked about, dare I say, the UFC. Yeah, they've taken advantage of the gap. They have. These two weeks, they really have taken advantage of the gap. No UFCs. They only had fight nights before that. No really big shows. They're now starting to get into a better season, the UFC. Mm -hmm. As this week, I'm seeing it shift gears, and now I'm starting to hear a lot about the UFC, considering it's fight week, and we'll get to that later. But I tuned in just to see what it was like. And I got to say, in the beginning of it, I was okay. Because their first part of the night, this kid, Thunder Beast, Steve Cazola, Knocked out Jake Roberts. I mean, this kid's really on my radar now. 
This is a legit star in the making that Bellator has signed. I don't know where he came from. Didn't know who he was until Friday night. The kid is now 8-0 with all finishes. He has seven knockouts wow. in a row. Nice, nice. That's exciting. That's how you That's how you build some stardom. Young. I love mm-hmm. the youth. I mean, finally, I saw a prospect. Hungry. And then he wow. comes out. His, his interview was great. He called out Dylan Danis. I mean, Dylan Danis, for a guy that has never even had a pro fight, I still think he is going to be Bellator's biggest star to date. He is going to be their their first breakout star. They haven't had one yet, and I think he will be it. And they've had Eddie Alvarez. How many fights does he have? He has zero. <laughs> Let me put it to you into perspective, though. He has zero. Undefeated. And he's already been called out by every single lightweight. Just like the Orioles. And even Michael Chandler is already mentioning this guy. He's already talking about him. It's amazing. And you know why? You want to know the number one reason why? I'll start building storylines and make money, make it a good fight. He's associated with Conor McGregor. Ah, there you go. Yes, we're all one right. of his main Everybody's training right partners. And that's what it is. He has a lot of. He dressed like Conor. He's starting to talk like Conor. I think this is going to be Bellator's <laughs> first big star. He's got red hair taped to his face. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, we'll see. But anyway, Thunderbeast Steve Cazzolo looked absolutely fantastic. I'm excited about that prospect. And of course, we move on. The next couple fights were blah. And then they brought out all their new signees. That that got me a little pumped up because you actually saw Ryan Bader. You actually saw Lorenz Larkin. And they brought out Dylan Danis. All walked down, and you actually saw all three of them, you know, in a Bellator arena. It's like, wow. You know, sometimes when you hear about it, it's like you're thinking. But then when you actually see it, it just puts everything really into perspective. Like, that's three good stars they just got. It's great additions to their roster. You can't go wrong with it. And then, of course, we went on to some more fights. And then, oh, my God, the production of Bellator, just it, it's so bad. Not enough neon. Ugh. Not enough neon? <laughs> I don't it really know what is happened. bad. Me, me and him were both watching it. It needed more and, neon. And uh, he was, you know, he was having a couple drinks. I wasn't, though. But he he was watching it, and he was like, am I, like, drunk? Is this, like, really, like, shaky, <laughs> like, watching it? I'm like, well, I'm sober. It looks <laughs> shaky to me. So I think it's pretty bad. Like, well, it's just, just the, the setup. Were there yeah. sparklers? It's like they, Viacom, Viacom used to own that NWA TNA, and they had some leftover Titantrons, a wrestling ramp, and it's like they just gave it to Bellator. NWA and said, Use this. TNA is that yeah. like a W? That's a wrestling organization. Okay. And the biggest problem I have with Bellator, it's so pro wrestling like. It is. We were yeah. just watching WrestleMania this weekend, and we were like, "Huh, this reminds us of Bellator." <laughs> just I mean, like the the. Stuff going off, but wrestling, I would well, say, does it better than Bellator just because, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's wrestling, but well, and it seems like it belongs there. I feel like yeah. it's a little over the top for mixed martial arts. Yeah, it's like when you get that action comedy that is like kind of they, the two genres water each other down. It's yeah. not all action and it's not all comedy. Yeah, like it's just a little too much. Like they have, I think, I forget who it was. They had like pit bulls coming on or dogs. Some kind of, somebody had a nickname that was like, some kind of it dog. Was Pitbull. And, yeah, they but have no, just the dogs, pictures everywhere. <laughs> biggest problem is, and they recently, Dan Hardy was one of them who really thought the Chael Sonnen versus Tito Ortiz fight was fixed. Mm-hmm. And I heard Bellator is about to go as far as to trying to sue Dan Hardy nice. for even saying that. So freedom of speech, they're, they're, that's just, oh, that's a disgusting world. But anyway, uh, beyond that, the fact 
that people think it's fixed, and he wasn't. He was entitled to his opinion, by the way. And I they sometimes question it, it. It was a bizarre fight. They would have fixed it the other way. Well, here's the thing: when you're coming out the three titantrons with like dogs and pit bulls and and all this other crazy stuff, were they and you're actual out dogs like a pro or wrestler, just dogs on the tri- the titantron? The okay. I so mean, you you come of... out, you have this cheesy pro wrestling mm-hmm. walkout. You literally walk down a ramp like Monday Night Raw. Well, another interesting thing I heard on the co-main event podcast, a, a thing I think it was provoked by a listener mail thing was that there's a bigger overlap in wrestle, pro wrestling fandom with MMA than boxing in MMA even though people would assume because boxing and MMA are both like the legitimate combat sports but for whatever reason it strikes a lot of the same nerves well, as well it does it, pro it, it, mar- it really does market the same and a lot of the wrestlers are big fans and you sell too. it the same but here's the thing you don't produce it the same <laughs> you can't come out to cheesy music and entrance and titan trons and stuff like yeah. that and then come to a ring and like with Tito Ortiz when he beat Chael Sonnen he had all those Tito good thank you Tito packages it just looks so fake it looked mm-hmm. like the ending the Wrestlemania yeah and then you have this week when you had that terrible King Mover's Rampage fight, okay, mm-hmm. and you have them come out and their entrances are just god awful. I just can't stand Rampage, it. where's the chain, right? Do you still well, have the, it? Actually, the chain was the really cool. cool. Yeah. Like, I like the chain. He used to that was him. The I mean, even in the UFC, he, he came out with that chain and all song. he would do is stop and howl. Yeah. But, <laughs> that was cool, but like, and King Mo, I didn't mind him coming down with the crown. He's got that swagger walking and everything. It's it's when it's just it's just it's just too, too over the top. top. Yeah. yeah, for for it's a too pro, much. for a real fight. Mm-hmm. You think they're gonna come out there and fake fight? Yeah. yeah but for too, a real fight and you're coming out like that, it just seems it's weird. too similar should, to wrestling. Yeah, like you don't want to like they should just kind of try to separate it because it's just so similar. Especially if someone watches, you know, WWE and. Like Bellator, they're like, is this real? Like, is this real fighting? You know what fighters not? I like the best? <laughs> now, when I see an entrance, I want to see the guy come out mad or woman. Ronda Rousey was a good one. Ronda Rousey came, st- she was in a V line straight to the octagon. Yeah. And she had her hood up. They but look there was this look in her face that she's just so serious. You can tell she's ready to destroy somebody. There's, there's no stopping for gimmicks or shaking hands or, or kissing babies. There's no time for that. You're about to go get into a fist fight. I want to see somebody that's mad. I want to see somebody that's fired up. I want to see somebody that really wants it. I don't want to see three titantrons come on and you're coming out all slow, laughing, having a good time. No, it, it just rubs me the wrong way, and that's why people think it's fixed. Or they need to go full throttle on both and make it one of those completely blended action comedies like Deadpool where it's 100% action and 100% comedy and have the belt or fighters fighting in the back with people with video oh, cameras. Oh, man. They're interviewing the, the fighter and all of a sudden the other fi- the fighter comes in too and they just start wrestling before they come out to action. No, but fight. then they have to really fight in the back yeah, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're really blending it with reality oh, TV a yeah. bit more too. But. All right, well, I guess back on to the Bellator the you know Bellator 175 Sergey Karatanov knocked out Chase Gormley. I guess Sergey Karatanov just got himself a fight with Fedor Emelianenko later this year in a 2000 and what is it three rematch. I mean this did they Whoa. fought so long ago? It, I, did they fight? Whoa. I can't remember. I'd have to look that back up. I mean Sergey was around the same time as Fedor. You know when Pride was in its prime. I mean don't get me wrong. Sergey Karatanov used to be an absolute killer, but. Knocking out Chase Gormley doesn't impress me that much. And then, of course, on to the main event. King Mo, who weighed in at 211 pounds, defeats Rampage Jackson, who came in at over 250 pounds. That's that's not 
that's not how it's done. Rampage that's was a 205 pounder. I, I really, this was definitely Rampage's last fight on the Bellator contract. Yeah. I think he's now technically a UFC fighter again. Yeah, I've been hearing that. That's strange. There was some deal he signed when he was with Bellator. He like ripped his contract up. He was able to sneak one fight in for the UFC before Bellator snagged him back. And now he's had his last two fights with Bellator, and he's officially, I don't think he's a free agent. I think technically he's still signed with the UFC. I wonder how many fights he's got left on that contract. It, it doesn't matter. I hope it's zero. I hope it gets, I, I don't want to see well, this Rampage he's fight. he's still a UFC fighter yeah. in a weird kind of way. That's I just, bizarre. I'm not interested to see Rampage in another fight. I'm definitely not interested to see Rampage fight again if he's going to be weighing 250 plus pounds. I'm just not, I'm not into that. And this, I mean, Rampage should have got beat a lot worse by King Mo, but that just shows you how tough and gritty Rampage is. He's one of my favorite fighters ever. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer in any or you well, know, it's any type take of Hall away of from his is. performance, knowing he was like eighteen percent bigger just, than the other guy. This just looks like the end for him. Yeah. It really does, and uh, I don't want to see him back in there. And then, of course, as soon as the fight was over, and this is reasons when Bellator, when you question yourself or people question you why they think you are fixed. As soon as the fight was over, Ryan Bader enters the cage and they officially announced they have booked Ryan Bader versus King Mo at Bellator 180. <laughs> and the only thing that got me thinking on that was, well, we knew it couldn't have been against Rampage. Yeah. So what if Rampage Could won? there have been a contract where it said contingent upon you beating I don't know about Rampage all that. Jackson. All I know is, is that possible to be in the legal ease? I don't see I don't know. Why and of not. course they're not going to release it. Maybe their lawyer wears a clown nose. I mean, all I know is, it it just, if you ever wonder why it looks fake, those are the reasons. Mm. Like, you can't just do that. It makes it look very fishy, because you know, what if Rampage would have won? You know it wasn't going to be Bader versus Rampage. Rampage's contract is over. He's not mm. fighting for you anymore, so I don't I don't know. But it just, and then there goes the other question. King Mo versus Bader isn't a bad fight. It's not like I really have a problem with it. But that's on the Spike TV portion of that Madison Square Garden card. So you don't even have to pay for that one. Hmm. Watch it. I'll watch the free fight, not not buy the pay per view. Oh, that's what I plan on doing. Actually, that's like my second <laughs> yeah. favorite fight. So I'm like, not I about like that to complain. I still think they should have waited for Bader versus <coughs> Phil Davis. I mean, this is the number four ranked UFC light heavyweight. I mean, just in the UFC, he was ranked number four. Like, this is your newly minted big prospect you just signed. I feel like you would put him on the pay-per-view or in maybe... I mean, he's in a good spotlight, but it just leaves you to question. I don't know. I just I don't really like that Bellator pay-per-view at all, the more it marinates. Nah, that's going to be... I think it's just garbage. I'll watch rough. the free fights. That's I'll watch the undercard of Bader versus King Mo. That'll be my main event. And then I'll watch... I think uh, they announced George Gallagher versus Chinzo Machida's on that 180, the spike portion. I'll watch that. But as far as, you know, I'm not going to pay $50 for that card. Could you imagine if the UFC tried to market a card like that? <laughs> Could you imagine the downfall everybody would be screaming? Bucks. Remember, we all predicted it would be about 30 even though that doesn't make sense because nobody makes any money if it's only 30 But, God, 50 bucks. It 30 seems, is what it's worth. It does not seem like it's worth I the mean, money. I mean, to somebody else and not me. Oh, another thing about that Bellator show I wanted to say, they had, like, the New York showdowns. They had all the fighters coming out to square them up. They botched it. They had the wrong oh, fighters yeah, coming that. out. I mean, it was just a mess. Oh, they yeah. had the wrong that. name, That's and then the other fighter would come out. To That's it. it was just weird. That's like I said, their production is absolutely terrible. It was just I just so don't like it. And like I said, the show just does not have a good flow to it. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's it just, I don't know. I think choppy, they have a lot of work choppy, there. Is that what you it's mean? just choppy and all over the place. Seems too staged at times. Too, mm. like, it really is, like, too pro wrestling-esque. Mm. I, just, I just don't like it. I don't care for it. Not for a professional sport. Yeah. Not for something that's supposed to be real. Right. I just, I don't care for it at all. But they have some good fights coming up, so I will watch those. But anyway, another thing, I liked Coker's quote this week. He said, the reason for free agents coming to his promotion, he said, quote-unquote, Reebok and the new owners are what pushed free agents to Bellator. Well. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's right on? Because of Reebok? At least the, Reebok the Reebok and the definitely. I think, I don't believe the new owners. That's not fair. They don't. They haven't had a, like, a long yeah. time to run the company. I don't think it's fair to say that. that Reebok could have something to do with it. But then again, Who's sponsoring these guys in Bellator? Are they really getting that much more sponsorship money? I don't I think heard, so. No. Like I said, from what I heard so far, Ben Henderson said he didn't even make as much on his first Bellator fight in sponsors. Exactly. Because Reebok killed the market. Yeah, so when I learned about um, the contract that Bader got, mm-hmm. that's why fighters are leaving. Because he's got three fights guaranteed in one exactly. year, whether or not they schedule him or not. Yes, that's why. Mm-hmm. It's guaranteed money. There's no incentives. Yeah. You're going to get paid this much whether you win, lose, or draw. You don't even have to fight. You could break your neck tomorrow. Maybe. There might be something. There might well, be I thought there was an injury thing. Was there an injury thing in that? Um, Do you know? Oh, for well. what? For Bader's contract with Bellator. Oh, I don't know. I just know that he has to fight like three times three or he'll still get paid. Yeah. 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 I guess an injury bar. I don't know. I don't know all the complications of it. But all but I know that's, is that, when that's you start doing those guaranteed yeah, contracts, I mean, if Bellator is paying trouble. better and they don't need to worry as much about sponsorship, and if they believe in the brand and think that they're kind of playing the long game, and then the sponsorship will be a better opportunity in the future. I mean, if they hear about Viacom well, throwing down cash, trying to build it. I just don't think Bellator, there hasn't really been a star over there yet. Not yet. Like, who's a star? Like even I know Shao Sonnen and Fedor were stars. It's of one thing to draw in a million viewers Who? on TV. It's a totally different thing to do, to it do on a million on pay per view. Who's, who's the? Well, not the the super recent ones, but a couple months ago they signed a pretty uh, a good former UFC fighter. Was They've it? signed good fighters, but they haven't signed any stars yet. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Dylan Danis, in my honest opinion, I know Is I've Cody said that Garbrandt a couple with times. them. Is that who I'm no, thinking? Cody of? Garbrandt's with UFC. Okay. Who am I thinking? of? Dylan Danish just signed with it. No, but he's not a superstar. No, No. but we're just saying. That's who I was talking about. That's probably that's what I was thinking. Rory McDonald is a great signing. He's a great fighter, but he's not a guy that draws the revenue. He's not a Connor. He's not a Ronda Rousey, a John Jones, a Diaz brother. He's not any of those guys. They don't have that guy to be able see sponsorship. You make a lot of money because if you're in the public view a lot, that's when you wear the T-shirt or the hat and you get lots of money from a sponsorship. Dylan Danish has the possibility to be that guy. I'm waiting. I'm really waiting to see him. For a guy that has not had zero professional fights, he really has gotten a lot of attention so far from Bellator. I felt like he was. He just looked. Sometimes you just know when a guy's going to break out and do something. Special. I just can't talk about a guy that hasn't fought yet. I, I can't I understand do it. that too. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we've seen everybody else fight. I He's got a mouth. Dylan, Great. I think Dylan Danis can He's, potentially make a lot of money. Maybe and that's but, where I'm going to see where sponsorship plays. He's in, got a mouth, but he star. has no fights. Well, it doesn't even matter. I'm not even saying Dylan Danis. I'm saying he has the potential. Just like anybody, I'm waiting to see what happens when a guy actually starts to really draw numbers. A guy that breaks the barrier. A guy that's beyond the sport, who's more popular than the sport. (coughs) Well, all these fighters that are signing with them, even maybe, I mean, 
I guess it's possible that some of these former UFC fighters are taking a pay cut to go there. Do you think that's possible just because they like... No. Yeah, so they're, they're all just they're all more. getting paid better. So the I mean, sponsorship came out and stated issue is negligible. UFC didn't pay him nearly enough. <laughs> yeah. And he said the deal he got from Bellator was just very, very good. Well, I mean, it's but, crazy that the whole pay scale is based on seniority. Like, it should yeah. be some kind of a meld of seniority and performance. It shouldn't just be seniority or being the champ. That's not fair to a lot of people that aren't the champ that, you know, the, well, a lot I mean, of the contenders, the a lot of these contenders should business. Get, I mean, that's... This isn't like a pro sport. You can't just put on a jersey and you're going to sell no matter what playing this position. It's just not like that. It's you got to see when people start comparing it to other sports like MLB. I mean, I'm just NHL, saying, basing it on every other industry in theory in the world, how it should work and in theory it works is you get paid based on your performance, not just being there the longest. And usually they do. I mean, I, Rory McDonald won a lot of fight bonus checks. Am I wrong? No, he did. Yeah, I mean, he probably got paid good. Okay. He even said when he first signed with Bellator, you know, they really he could not refuse that offer, mm. which means they might have overshot for him because they were desperate. It's not like he was a big star. He doesn't draw the numbers. I, I just I the thing is, Bellator's he, gotten guys so far that you know UFC looks at like uh, it'd have been nice to keep him, but it's not going to hurt our bottom line. There's only a few stars in this sport. We know this. There's only a few guys that can hurt you. UFC, I thought the one screw up they made was Gilbert Melendez. I don't know why they kept him. I think I think the the Fertitas and Dana White loved him so much from his fight with Diego Sanchez. But I was like, that was a guy that was expendable. He even got popped for roids too. Well, he was really later. the first guy to show this new free agency that we're seeing right now. He played the market. Yeah, he did. But the UFC probably learned, like, you know what? We probably knew he wasn't a draw anyway. Or because they were about to head into Mexico, they thought maybe he could be a Mexican star for them. Yeah. But I've yet to, there's only a few stars. There's, you got Conor McGregor, who's in a different stratosphere than everybody. Yeah, there's barely any superstars on this side of the pond, too. So After that, know. who's their pay-per-view star? Yeah, I mean. That's what I'm saying. They're building. Bellator hasn't uh, do I believe Cody Garbrandt can be a star? Yes. But he hasn't proved it yet. Not yet. But he, he's got the potential. Mm. Daniel Cormier's still got potential, but for some reason people hate that dude, and I don't know why. And then you also got the uh, heavyweight champ, Miocic. He could possibly. And that guy's a killer. Yeah, that yeah. guy. He could be, yeah. That's the baddest but man on the planet It's right so now. hard to become a star in that sport. Mm -hmm. There's only a few of them. Yeah. People like Sage Northcutt and Paige Van Zandt are bigger stars than your champions. Yeah. And they can't even win their fights. <laughs> what? So, that's, that's how crazy this sport can be. That's unfortunate. All right, on all that, we'll go ahead and wrap up everything Bellator right now. I think we've discussed them guys enough because it is a new week. There isn't really anything that big going on on Bellator this weekend, so let's just break into the news and gossip of this week. Now, how could there ever be a week with any type of news or any type of gossip if I don't talk about the man... You guys know where I'm going here? Conor McGregor. All right, today it was stated, I watched an interview with his head coach, John Cavanaugh. He has officially stated that Conor McGregor has started training for his Floyd Mayweather fight, and it will be contested at 147 pounds. <laughs> Is, well, I guess that's a boxing weight, so it's not a weird arbitrary number. Is that, no, boxing's like every two pounds or that, something like that. I don't do get we it. know the significance of that weight? Is that the last weight that Floyd well, fought Mayweather's at? A, Mayweather's a small guy. Right. That's probably like the highest Mayweather will go. And it's only fair. Do we know Mayweather's typical weight range? 
He's got a couple. Of I believe it's around like one thirty. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, he's fall, he's been he's everywhere from that. like I think like one twenty, one thirty, one forty. Yeah, I figured that's what made, I, I think he be a bunch. I think he like went up to like one fifty for Canelo. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. he can he can he can easily make one forty seven. But with Connor being so much bigger, it's only it's only fair that Connor comes down at least a little bit. But right. that that's where Mayweather's using it to his advantage. And that is Connor's original division. I think it's fair because Connor's so much bigger. I think Connor was having a little hard of a time getting to 145 towards the end. There. But 147 yeah. is still three whole pounds. He doesn't have to worry about it. I helps. know, but he was it having. Yeah. I think 155 is is his weight. Connor's right. always made weight. He's always showed up. So yeah. I'm not going to yeah. say anything yeah. about the man yet. He's not going to have any gas. I'm not even going to question it. I think if it was 145, anything. he would make it. The guy is a maniac. I just don't see him fumbling like that. I just nah. don't. So it looks like that nightmare is becoming a reality. And while we're staying on the topic of Connor McGregor, Freddie Roach claims that Conor McGregor is in GSP's three-fight plan. Nice. Most likely on his third fight. Nice. I don't know what to make of that yet. Who's Freddie Roach again? Freddie Roach is famous boxing tra- trainer. Okay. Uh, he's the guy that actually, it's so unbelievable, he's the one that just recently brokered the deal for GSP to make, that the, to make oh, his yeah, comeback yeah, in yeah, the yeah, UFC. Yeah. So. Wow, that would be that would be nuts. I feel like that was some interesting stuff. I hope that happens. We'll see. It's, I was, it's all hypothetical, though. It's yeah. a coach talking again. Of course. Again. I still um, wish. To the I, I could, MMA but I gods. could see GSP wanting that fight. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I GSP still wants to give. Hey, pray to the MMA gods. I'll take GSP me. versus Connor right now. Yeah. GSP, over anything. GSP over, knows. over the Diaz trilogy. Over anything. GSP knows if he wants to go out on a retirement fight, that's a good fight to do it with. Now I that's don't know the about the Diaz fight trilogy. I would rather. Mm, I think I would have to take it. I would have to take it. There's something about that. I know. I feel like those two guys were put in this world to fight. I genuinely do. But we've I already just, seen it twice. We might never see Connor GSP if we don't if we didn't take so it right now. What if you could only see one? What if what if I think I would go with the trilogy? You know why? Because I will not be able to live the rest of my life if I don't get to see that trilogy. <laughs> yeah, it's like a I, I think I to think, win the game. I think I'd rather see the, the trilogy. Yard and line. you know what? I honestly think the trilogy sells better anyway. No. Yeah. I don't know. I just, maybe, maybe. maybe. The way those maybe, guys, maybe, those two maybe. guys it go at it. Fresher. It is fresher too, yeah. I'm telling you, man, I'm still waiting to see it. Nate Diaz has not fought since Conor McGregor. I still want to see what he does now on his own. Mm-hmm. I think he does more than just about everybody, except right. maybe a GSP. But he might be right there. I don't there know, man. He oh, fights, if he fights man. Eddie Alvarez, it ain't the same. Oh, I, I, like I said, it's got to be the right If he fights opponent. Tony Ferguson, it ain't going to do that well. He, he needs Conor. I disagree he with you He needs Conor. I think him and Tony Ferguson I agree with fight. you. He, he's probably one of the only guys UFC could probably put on pay-per-view right now and do a decent number. Well, if they can't get GSP, obviously they're not getting Connor, and more than likely they're not getting They're Kelsey. not going to get a million buys If they need a main event for International Fight Week, who does it? My, me? I yeah. personally, I'm ringing Nate Diaz. I know, but they're hey, not. Hey, what are you doing, dude? Just drive up there with Brinks trucks. Yeah, they're not just a bunch. But they're not going to get a million buys up. They'll do better than what these last couple pay per views are doing. I don't know. I don't know what's on the act. Yeah, I wouldn't make it. I still have to wait and see. I would. I wouldn't. Wait, who wouldn't you make a main event? Nate Diaz. Whoa, I mean, really? No. You guys are wrong. No, he. De- I mean, he's definitely in the top five for main eventers. I would say in the U.S. I agree with against you. Against who? Yeah, yeah. I and mean, he hasn't. Against he hasn't. Been I mean, well, who the well, other guys against star. too? I mean, you could say the same thing for them. Look, Connor. The pay per view numbers went down from UFC, Connor versus Diaz too, and New York City was such a better show. But the numbers were the highest for Connor versus Diaz too. That was the biggest selling pay per view they've ever had. And then Connor won that fight and went on to fight at New York City and possibly the best card ever booked from top to bottom. 
and the numbers weren't as high as the McGregor Diaz two fight. I think Diaz is a bigger star than everybody gives credit for. He hasn't he had draw. a chance. I think it was more of the draw, draw of the fight than that it was He's for Connor versus I Alvarez. You have I to feel tell like me now. I think he'd go on pay per view alone right now and do like maybe 350, 400 k buys. Oh what? Yes. Who is he going to fight that's on the level of McGregor? People will I fight think, to see him just because his last two fights were against McGregor. Yes, and because they were, I and Because agree. he won the first one. I agree. Yeah, but it's not. 350 to 400,000 people would buy that. I really think him on a stack card, definitely 1. for 2? International Fight Week, which already it's has Bobby Waller versus Donald Cerrone. 1.2? I don't know. If he, I don't even know no. about that. I'm just saying, like, I think no he way. breaks the mold. No he's way. A, he's a needle I, mover I just, now. I just the man's a needle mover. What else do you guys say about that? I just think it was more of the actual fight. It was just well, he's fifty percent of it. It's it was the, the fight. second fight. No, I agree with you, everybody looked fight. at McGregor versus Alvarez. Everybody was like, Should McGregor's gonna, him, yeah. McGregor's gonna take him down. Where the, the there was more of a question with McGregor versus Diaz because they wanted to see that because it was just such much more of an interesting fight. Like everybody pretty much knew McGregor was gonna win that fight against Alvarez. Like they weren't. I just did think, they really? I think I so. I don't think so. I think so. No. I I think so. I think a lot of people assumed. I think it made it more not as interesting Most as of the viewers. McGregor versus Diaz. I think too. he was a favorite because of size and everything. I thought I still think McGregor's home is one fifty five. I don't think there's I any casual fan that work. expected to watch Conor McGregor lose that fight. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna say that Nate What's Diaz that, is not. Diaz? No, no, no Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, Eddie Alvarez. I don't think very many people expected Eddie Alvarez. I tell you what, a lot of people were very surprised he blew through Alvarez the way he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought Eddie Alvarez would be a little more competitive. Yeah. Yeah. First round, right? Like... Second, the second round, but, I mean, round it, yeah. was, it wasn't even close. No, no, no. yeah, he, he survived. The I first disagree. Round. I, I, I just genuinely think Nate Diaz round. versus Tony Ferguson could do very well in the box. I'm sure it could do no well, way. but it's not going to do huge numbers. It, yeah, He's a, 350 gonna, to 400. K. I'm not going to take anything mm. away from him. I think he is more popular now because of that a, fight, but I don't yeah. think he's. A huge draw. I don't think he's a big well, name. We will if, agree. If Khabib, we gotta move on. We will agree. Yeah. To disagree. <laughs> but I will. Yeah. I, let me end this. We have to. Move let me on. end this. If Khabib didn't almost die, I would have believed Khabib versus uh, Nate yeah. Diaz could have done pretty well. Well, that's why I think Tony Ferguson took Khabib's spot. But no, we're moving on. No way. Okay. Anyway, in other news, UFC is going back. To New York again. This is going to be their fifth visit. Well, as they announced a Fox event on July 22nd in Long Island, New York. I thought it was their fourth. Nassau oh, Coliseum. Nice. This is their first time in Long Island, right? Mm-hmm. That's Very first trip wow. at the Nassau Coliseum. Historical building. That's cool. Um, that's going to be... I'm interested. That's going to be... Cool How far is that from Baltimore? I might have to make that trip if it's a good car. I think, it, I think you're looking at like a seven, eight hour... How long it take to get to New York? Like three, four hours? Mm-hmm. And then I think it takes a bit to get out to Long Island, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But anyway, that, that I mean, that's crazy. Since they have been allowed in New York, this is their fifth time going. I'm not surprised. Yeah, they're... It's like, the big, it's like one of the biggest markets the of the world. Hot. They're trying to hit everywhere real quick. I mean, this is their first year. They're yeah. officially in there. On and they've markets. been very successful there so far. They expect this weekend UFC 210 to sell out in Buffalo. That's, I heard that. I was just about to say so that. So why wouldn't they? To be a why wouldn't they keep going to New York? They're doing great business there. It's the media capital of the world. Ticket. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing. I'm very interested in it. We'll see. Of course, July so far, of course, they have the three events in a row on International Fight Week. They now added UFC on Fox on July 22nd, and they're still supposed to have another pay-per-view at the end of the month. July's going to be a busy month. It always is. But on to other news. What about Khabib? Nermagameda being in the news this week. So it is official. 
Khabib Nurmagomedov will not return until at least September. He's That's been no hintering. He said he's got to get healthy. He's going to Germany, of all places, to get fixed. He was kind of hinting at some mystery illness or something. I personally think, Mr. Khabib, you have a Khabib, you have a case of the phantom tiramisuitis. And what? I think you just ate too much. Oh. What did, wait a minute. What I'm reading the article. Phantom <laughs> tiramisuitis. What did There's you a, just say? He was eating ghost pastries. There's or pudding, or something. element that him and his management team, I think, have conspired to why he missed weight at the big UFC 209 pay-per-view. I, I think it's because he ate too much tiramisu. Well, he in this article, he said it says he denies eating tiramisu before, <laughs> <laughs> before UFC 209. I saw that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, then. Here's the other thing. He We've settled that one. He called it cake. How about, how about, okay, let's get right. How about let's think. You, you know he fast for a couple months of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that might have anything to do with it? What I, what exactly is? Well, his, he's saying right now he's hurt. His, he's not training or nothing. He's still hurt and he's letting his body recover. What's his fasting? He said he almost schedule died. Schedule like I do. You know the particulars of it? Is it? It's, like, it's it's a part of his religion. But do you know? I mean, is it? For an extensive period of time, does he not eat yeah. for like weeks and weeks, yeah. like at all, or just yeah. during the day, during the day for weeks and weeks, or it's for what is it Ramadan? Yeah, I don't know. you all eat at night but eat. not during the day, or is it you don't eat for a month? Because I don't know if that would work. I don't think it would either. But yeah, he's. Yeah. he's I mean, intermittent like, fasting I is that, a healthy like, thing. I know he takes a sabbatical from MMA because there's a religion, which is cool. You know, everybody's got a. Yeah. Whatever they want to believe maybe in, because of the inter- because of the fasting he's got to do. And maybe, if, it, if it, I'm and thinking if like maybe that has an effect on his body. Maybe I mean if but if, 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 it's, if you can still athlete. eat daily, if it's like intermittent fasting, then that would probably be very good for you because it is very good for you. Oh, that's I how people get ripped. At the end of the day, he's not going to be back till September, and his of course always his religion in the month in the summer months. He's always gone. He's always in my A. It's something he does, so he'll never be on an international fight week. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, at the end of the day, this is still going to be, until he's even able to come back in September, if he even comes back by then, a whole year without him. Yeah. This is a guy that's already missed way too much time. Mm-hmm. And now we can't even bring him up for another year. I'm sorry, but Tony Ferguson absolutely needs to move on. I mean, he, Khabib was, knows that he messed up bad. He does realize that. I mean, Khabib really screwed up a lifetime opportunity at 209. He really, yeah. really did. I mean, if that fight had happened, then, yeah, we'd be talking about him in the conversation of being that superstar, but now... Yes. We like, would be talking about him I'm not writing him Connor. off entirely, but I'm not holding my breath or thinking about him becoming that superstar. Yes. I mean, maybe. It'd be cool, but, you know, I'm not expecting it. Look, until he can prove to me that he can fight at least three times within a year, or even twice, Yeah, I'm just... I, I gotta write Khabib off. I, I just can't get excited for him right now. I, I don't want to see. And if I was no. the UFC, I couldn't no. put him in a title shot. I couldn't. And, and put the him sad in thing that. is, it, it makes me sad because I really believe. And I'm not saying he was going to win. I had him win it, but I'm not oh, going to yeah. say he was. He was going to become a star mm-hmm. after that last event. Mm-hmm. He was going to become a star. Well, really? Everybody was talking about Khabib because everybody believed he had a legit chance of beating Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. And he was about to become a star. That's why I said earlier, if him and Nate Diaz would have fought at around International Fight Week or something, that would have been big business. Yeah. Well, that and Real was meeting Real when he was fighting Tony Ferguson. 
I mean, that was the fight of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just snatched from us mm-hmm. the day before the event. I still say the first quarter, that's what I'm going to remember the most at the beginning of the year of 2017 was having that Khabib and Tony Ferguson's just snatched from us the day before. Mm-hmm. It was like I woke up from a bad nightmare and it became a reality. Yeah, I'm still bitter about that day. Still. So I want to see Khabib healthy. I want to see him fight again, but I need some time. Like, we need to break up, Khabib. I don't. I don't need to see you for a while. Just well, you're keep not. doing your thing. Yeah. Not till September, at least. In other interesting news, how about this one? Insomniac, brace yourself. Cody Garbrandt said, if he gets past T.J. Dillashaw, he is interested in fighting for the flyweight title against Demetrius Johnson. What? He can get down to 125. That's what he's claiming. I like that. I was interested. To, usually, I hate this. Let me tell you. Usually, when any fighter, when he just either recently became champ and hasn't defended his belt yet, or even before he wins a championship. I never like hearing him talk about how they want to go to other divisions and do all this. Mm. Okay, but this one I actually liked because of the possibility of... super fight. Yes, Demetrius Johnson truly getting that first really good contender, right? Like, that first guy to actually come down and fight him, who I literally think would smoke him. Well, not only that, if Demetrius Johnson... Well, yes, I do think Cody Garbrandt will beat Demetrius Johnson. No, because he's going right to have now. to cut off his pinkies to make weight. But I was going to say, he's going to take the tattoos off his neck to make that weight. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, it is definitely the first fight ever at 125 I will be super excited for. But, first of all, um, Cody Garbrandt has to beat TJ Dillashaw in July. And then, of course, Demetrius Johnson has to beat Wilson Hayes here in two weeks. So before we can even talk about this hypothetical matchup, you know, they got to get through their victories. But for Demetrius Johnson, if he does get by Wilson Hayes, does he sit there and wait for the Dillashaw ending? Because there's no clear-cut contender right now at 135. There's people you could throw at the title, but there's not one clear guy that no, can get No, because Dominic Cruz needs to, needs to fight somebody. He lost that fight fair and square. Um, no, I like it. Um, I think if Demetrius Johnson gets past Wilson Reese and uh, Cody Garbrandt beats Dillashaw convincingly, huh, why not? Is it the first chance for let's say Demetrius Johnson to finally have somebody to fight that might draw a dollar. That yes. might bring some people in. Yes. I, I believe Cody Garbrandt could actually be a star. That genuinely could be one of the biggest fights in the second the, you know, the third or fourth quarter of two thousand. I don't know how big, if. but I know me personally, I'd be highly intrigued with that fight. Um I hope it happens. So you because think they should do it? Not only that, but Demetrius Johnson would fight the Bantamweight champ to actually break Anderson Silva's record then, correct? Yes. So he, he, he fights Wilson Reese, and if he beats Wilson Reese, he ties it. The storylines really go with it, too. Yeah. I mean, it's either that or Joey Benavidez but, 3. let's face the facts here. Cody Garbrandt's got a killer in TJ Dillashaw. Oh, I TJ agree. TJ Dillashaw is no this, chump, I mean, so. let's see Demetrius Johnson get past Wilson Hayes. Wilson Hayes is a fantastic fighter. Let's not sleep yeah, on him. Yeah, Johnson's won so many fights in a row. Could just take that one fight, that one guy you don't know. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to beat Wilson Hayes. I think he's going to beat him very convincingly. I think he's going to finish him. But you never know. This sport's crazy. But you love the prospect of that, right? Oh, I love or it. Was I, okay. I love it. I love it, too. Usually I hate that. Yeah. He actually wants to go for three titles, by the way. I'm not listening to that. Oh, I'm that was him. Him. Okay. That was him. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about him going up to 145. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting, but... 125 seems, if he can get to 125, that seems very doable. 145 is a loaded division, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I guess he is supposed to be a star. And really, I would though. only like to see him go down to 125 once for that fight. Yeah. And then go back to 135. He'll have that the, makes the, the Legend of Zelda trident. Just put all three belts. <laughs> <laughs> but on to other news. Now, I'm going to bring up this card. I wasn't really liking the card a whole lot that they were booking in June. It's a fight night. Until they announced the main event. Because before the main event was announced for That's Oklahoma funny. City... This was the lineup. It was like Tim Boetch versus Johnny Hendricks. BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver. Clay Guida versus Eric Cook, which is not a bad fight. Alir Latifi versus Little Nagara. And he had some women fights like Felice Herrig versus Justine Kish and Carla Esparza against Marina Mraz. Wait a minute. Is this UFC 205? No. No. 205? <coughs> That's New York. Yeah, never mind. That was Madison Square Garden. No, this was Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Yes. But it wasn't until they announced the main event that I liked this card. And the main event has been announced. It's Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Lee. The guy who I had as my fighter to watch just two cards ago Hmm. is now main event in his next outing. Nice. Congrats. Well, the thing I love about it is everybody on the undercard is so nostalgic. I mean, we have BJ Penn. Dennis Seaver, yeah, that's Johnny right. Hendricks, Tim Bush, I mean, right. Little Nog. I mean, it just seems Clay Guida. It <coughs> seems like it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. But when they put the main event where you got these people that are still a name and they might be able to draw some eyeballs because of popularity, mm-hmm. and then you go to the main event and it's just a young, fresh matchup, you can really put these kids over. That's what I'm talking about with nostalgia fights. Bellator puts their nostalgic fights as the main event. And that's what I hate so much about their pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're getting Xiao Sun and versus Wanley Silva. Okay, if you want to book that card because you're going to draw eyeballs, don't make it the main event. Put over your champs. You know, really promote them. Have them as the sideshow to get the viewers for them kids to get that spotlight. And that's what I like about this. BJ Penn is going to be co-headlining, not headlining, over Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Lee. And that's... That's why UFC is where they're at today, in my personal opinion, is reasons like that. That's just a fantastic move. I love that fight. Kiesa versus Kevin Lee is very intriguing, yeah. and I can't wait to see that one go down. Hopefully it happens. But with that being said, we have a weekend full of fights. Nice. That's refreshing. Oh, yes. It's been a minute. I'm so happy to say that again. We have a whole weekend full of fights. On Friday night, I'll be watching LFA 8, Hamilton versus Bazzi. The 125-pound fight for LFA, CJ Hamilton, Jesse Bazzi. Both of them have pretty good records, hitting their stride. Hey, the LFA, I still compare it to the NCAA of mixed martial arts, and they have not let me down yet. They have given me a great Friday night fights feel. I mean, what can I say? LFA 1 had... Cynthia Cavillo, who is now on the main card in her second fight at UFC 210. And in about two or three short weeks, Leandro Higo will be contending for the Bellator you know, championship. And he was off of LFA 1. So I'm telling you, this organization is making stars. Bellator actually has an event this weekend. Did you know that, Insomniac? They what? They have an event this weekend. They are in Italy. Bellator 176. They're playing foosball. Rafael Carvalho is fighting none other than Melvin Manhoff in a rematch for the middleweight strap. Oh, God. Rafael Carvalho is Carvalho, however you say it, is 30 years old and he's 13 and 1. Melvin Manhoff is now 40 years old and he's 30, 13 and 1. 
Their first fight was not all that great. It was a controversial split decision, so they're running it back. But another action on that card in the 125-pound women division, Anastasia Yankova is fighting Alina Kolyanadov. Yankova. They love them some Yankova. But on to the actual big fights of this weekend. UFC 210 out of Buffalo, New York. It's just coming out that they are almost sold out, which is amazing. They are killing it in New it's York awesome. this year. UFC awesome. is just absolutely killing it. In the main event, <coughs> now really, this is as big as it gets. It's as good as it gets, not to sound too cheesy. <laughs> Anthony Johnson is fighting Daniel Cormier for the light heavyweight championship. And just announced Friday at the press conference, John Jones will be there and answering questions to the media. That's now, is cool. it a coincidence they're bringing John Jones back? No coincidence. Into the spotlight at UFC 210, as this fight really should be a lot bigger than what it is. Yeah, yeah I actually feel sad for it because I think it's a, the, the greatest light heavyweight fight you could possibly put on right this now. This is everything you want. Even MMA. better than Jones' fighting right now because I'm sorry. Jones did not look that great against OSP. In a way, he did technically, but like that wasn't the John Jones I was used to seeing. Now he has another year, year and a half. John off. Jones, though, he's like that bad boy, and people just love him. I'm not, yeah, I'm not talking about if they love him or not. I'm talking about performance-wise. This ain't the same John Jones. I mean, when you break down Anthony Johnson and Daniel Cormier, this is one of the best pure fights you can put on today. A, the selling of this fight is the fact that the winner does fight John Jones in a huge showdown later this year, and it doesn't matter which way you go. Whoever the winner is, it is a huge fight against John Jones. Oh, yeah. I mean, Daniel Cormier, of course. Who does not want to see Daniel Cormier, John Jones, too? That would be very exciting. I was looking forward to that. That was one of, the, one of my first fights that I was looking forward to seeing. He's already started the trash talk. I mean, it was hilarious. I read today that Daniel Cormier said, whose idea was it to throw John Jones an after party <laughs> for UFC 210? He's a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> Who thought of that one? I mean, he's already taking shots. So it's just, it's it's good stuff. I really would love did, did to relive that fight. Did you see the interview where he was taking shots at Ronald Johnson? Not yet. I haven't seen it all. So Ooh. much, today's media day for the UFC. Man. So, so much has been coming out, I have that. not caught up. Because I guess Johnson said something that made him mad. He was talking. Oh, that's what he needed. He replayed that whole first fight. Ooh, so he funny. burned him. Well, Daniel Cormier is one of my favorite fighters, and this is why. First of all, when you speak about pound for pound best, this guy was the number one light, I mean, heavyweight contender in the world. But the reason he didn't go for the heavyweight belt was because Cain Velasquez had a shot at being the champion. That's his best friend mm. and training partner. So I get it. So he decided to change his whole lifestyle and go to 205. And he's now the champ. He has one blemish on his record. Daniel Cormier is 38 years old with an 18-1 record. And his one blemish is John, John Jones, Jones, the pound-for-pound -pound best <laughs> fighter ever so far in MMA. He's probably ever. I'd say the best. I, I would say Anderson Silva at one time, but he's tainted now to me. So I give it to John Jones. I'm a GSP. And he's right there. I don't even have to debate. Daniel Cormier is such. He. I love listening to him talk because he's so real. He he knows exactly what's going on. He's a broadcaster too. Isn't yeah, it? I was gonna say he's he's a very intelligent that, talker when it comes about the fight game. Range to me, but that when he breaks a person down who opponent. is in the sport can broadcast and analyze the sport too. Like usually, yeah. I mean, I guess that happens. No, Fox Sports stuff. has a Dominic Cruz does it. Yeah, they got a lot of them that do it. I just mean other sports. I guess other Tyron sports Woodley. do it to a point. Tyron Woodley does it. Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping, yeah. Stephen Thompson. I mean, I mean, I guess team, I guess team yeah. sports you don't see active players doing it during the season because they're busy. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you get, yeah, you get in the UFC. Time. It's every week. You, one big long yeah year long yeah, season. Yeah, you're a fighter. And it's a great way to start practicing months, when so. you're done fighting. And yeah. well, I, know, I think having fighters analyze the fights is great too because you, they get you oh, get yeah. that perspective. Yeah, it them. is it is cool having an active fighter do it. That is yeah. a nice touch. But yep. the thing about Daniel Cormier's mindset is, when you listen to him break down a fight, he's so good at it. Yeah, he's so real. He's a guy I know that's not going to hang. I know he only has about one or two fights left in him. Yeah. And he's a guy that's not going to hang in too long because as soon as he feels like he loses a step, he's so in touch with himself and reality mm. that he's going to know when to step down. Yeah. I mean, when he breaks it down, he said the reason he beats Anthony Johnson is because he's not afraid of him. Because Anthony Johnson is this big, huge knockout artist who is literally flatlining people. But mm. Daniel Cormier is not afraid to get in his grill and take you know take the fight everywhere. Nice. And that's what makes him win. And nice. I, I just agree with him. But with that being said, Anthony Johnson, he's 33 years old with a 22 and 5 record. This guy is your just at your your new day monster. I think he might be the scariest guy in the UFC. Him and Francis Ngannou. They scared the death out of me. You wouldn't want to see them in a dark alley. No. Anthony Johnson lost to Daniel Cormier. Three fights ago, but since then he's knocked out his three last opponents. I mean, straight knocked them out. Uh, of course, he's on a three-fight win streak. Since he lost to, um, what's his name, Vitor Belfort in the middleweight division a long time ago, and he did not know what weight to go to, he really just had a crisis. The guy's cut all the way down to welterweight, and now he's like one of the biggest light heavyweights there is. Crazy when you think about it. But he has been 12-1 and since moving up in weight, and that one loss, of course, is Daniel Cormier. <laughs> this guy has knocked out Ryan Bader. Knocked out Jimmy Manua, knocked out Glover Teixeira, and knocked out Alexander Gustafsson. I'm talking knocked them out cold. Even during this 13 fight, you know, these 13 fights that he's won since he's moved up, he has a win over Bellator champion Phil Davis, and he made it look easy. Hmm. This guy has beaten everybody in his path except for Daniel Cormier, and in the one opposition he has not had a chance to face yet was John Jones. Hmm. So there's so much on the line for both of these guys. And regardless, this is a very fun fight to watch because the winner will fight John Jones. It's yeah. either the Daniel Cormier that already lost to him, mm-hmm. but he's beat everybody else. Mm-hmm. Or it's Anthony Johnson where if he avenges his loss to Daniel Cormier, he's literally beaten everybody except John Jones. Wow. And he's a knockout machine. That's the, I just I, yeah, I, I'm these... obsessed with this fight because not only is it great in the short term right now, but afterwards the investment it's just Yeah, so you need one of these guys fight Jones. Very exciting. This to me is really called on to me, and it really has be- got given me that like big fight feel. And then of course the co-main event, which is a fantastic fight. The hometown boy Chris Weidman, thirteen and two record at thirty two years of age, is fighting gay guard Musasi, thirty one years old, forty one and six and two record. Now why is this fight so good? <coughs> why are you so excited for this fight, Insomniac? Because Musasi is good. He's really good. He's very underrated. He's he's on his way up right now. He's got he's on like a four fight win streak. Weidman, this we're gonna is he gonna this is this is make or break for him. I hate to say it like that, but this is make or break. He loses this fight, that'd be what his third in a row. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He needs he needs this one, and he's he doesn't have an easy out. Stylistically, this is a tough fight for Weidman. Um, I actually think it's gonna be a close fight though. Um, he was, I mean, Weidman's been saying he thinks he, or his coach said he thinks he lost focus. He thinks he, uh, 
just got he plateaued. That plateaued. was the word. Yeah, he that's used. the word. He plateaued. Um, we'll find out because he's got a tough, gritty guy in Musasi who's a veteran. I think people underestimate that Wyman's not like that big of a veteran. You know, he burst on the scene so fast. He didn't ha- he doesn't have a ton of fights. And um, he burst on the scene so fast that, like, everybody, you know, I think some of these guys is catching up to him a little bit. But we'll see. He might he might have it together. Um, he, he, he looked good against Romero until he got caught with a flying knee. So, we'll see. But I do believe this is make or break for Chris Weidman. Yeah. Well, the reason I love this fight so much is I think not only Chris Weidman, but also Gigor Masasi, I think both fighters have their back against the wall. And when you have that with both competitors... That brings out a dangerous person, and these two guys are so hungry. It is because of the fact that Chris Wyman has lost his past two fights, and when you hit that three-fight losing skid, it's just never a good thing. <clears throat> he has to win this fight to stay relevant. Otherwise, he takes a big dip in the uh, rankings. I, I predict he goes to light heavyweight if he loses this fight. Yeah. I mean, his losses were to Yo Romero and Luke Rockhold the champion yeah. and the guy that should be fighting for the belt. So it's not too shabby. And he was winning both of those fights at one point until he just got caught or made a mistake. He, he still looks like he's a fantastic fighter. But if he was fighting a Brazilian, I would give it to him. Because let's not forget, Chris Weidman was the, you know, he's the first guy to beat Anderson Silva for the belt and then defended that belt three times. But he's a Brazilian killer because it was against all Brazilians. So if you put a Brazilian in the octagon with Chris Wyman, more than likely he's going to destroy him. But when it's non-Brazilian, it seems like he has trouble. Where Gegard Mousasi, his back against is against the wall in this fight because it's his last fight on this contract. He's not Brazilian, is he? And no, he's from the Netherlands. Okay. And since it's his last fight on the contract, and he's screaming, "Show me the money!" Yeah, he's. he's you hear him all week. That's all he's talking about. He's going to come into money. that ring charging angry. So, I think with that. You know, this this is for his future. I feel like Chris Wyman probably has made a good amount of money as the champion. Mm-hmm. There's pay-per-view points. He had the Anderson Silva Oh, yeah, pay-per-view points against so, Anderson Silva. For Gegar Musasi, this is his whole future. I mean, Gegar Musasi is dangerous. He's on a four-fight win streak. He's a guy Bellator could steal. Yeah, very easily. He used to work for Scott Coker. But I think it's whoever's going to pay him more. That's where he's going to go. Mm-hmm. And Musasi needs to win this fight to get the maximum amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. Because he could, he should be in line to fight for a title. You gotta remember, this is also the same guy that has recently almost fought for the light heavyweight title t- twice. UFC 200. It was almost a done deal. He was gonna step up and fight Daniel Cormier, and then of course they were gonna have him fight Anthony Johnson for the light heavyweight interim title at what was it 206? Yeah. So we'll see. But in other action, other reasons to watch this card: Cynthia Calvillo, the alpha male member who looked impressive at 209, 29 years of age in the 115-pound strawweight women's division is fighting Pearl Gonzalez, who's 30 years old, 6-1. Don't let these girls' records fool you, though, as Cynthia Cavillo also has six amateur fights, and Pearl Gonzalez also has eight amateur fights. Very beautiful girls, as far as I saw, when they were all dialed up in the in the, you know, face-off. So this is one of those fights I'm going to let UFC tell me what's up. Mm-hmm. They booked this on here. I'm going to let them, as the experts, tell me this is a great fight because they're very good at doing that, and this has a chance to be that. But my fighter to watch, Will Brooks, 18-2, 30 years of age, is fighting Charles Oliveira, 27-21-7, and finally Charles Oliveira is going back to the 155-pound division. He is a very, very 
skilled fighter. But everybody seems to forget, and this is my reason why Will Brooks is the fighter to watch on this card. He's still, in my eyes, the current Bellator lightweight champion. You know, you want to talk about all these disgruntled UFC employees. UFC took this guy from Bellator as their champion as he was a disgruntled Bellator employee. That's funny. Why don't we talk about that more? I think the UFC kind of fumbled this here. I mean, this guy was their current lightweight champ. He beat Michael Chandler twice. So, But it, overall, this is a very technical fight. I love this fight on paper. It's kind of ironic. Brooks lost to an opponent overweight. And his last name was Oliveira in his last outing. And Oliveira lost to an opponent, and he was the one overweight. And, of course, his last name is Oliveira. A little weird that they booked him up against with that. But the other great fight on this card is Tiago Alves versus Patrick Cote. They are both entering the octagon for their 22nd time. Uh, that should be a really fun scrap to watch. I'd like to break down the rest of it. But I will on my Joe Knows MMA podcast if you want to hear the other results and my insight onto the fights. It is time. This is where we separate the weak from the strong. The strong and the weak! Somniac? Somniac here. Going over my strong and my weak. I'll start with my weak. It's going to be Gagar Musasi complaining about fighter pay all of a sudden. This ain't the time to complain, but it is, but it isn't. You got the biggest fight of your career this weekend. He's main evented before. But not, but he's never co-main evented a pay-per-view against a guy with the caliber of Chris Weidman. Actually, yeah, it's Vitor Belfort, 199. Oh, he has? Yeah, just his last fight. Oh, I didn't know that. Sorry, I didn't mean to kill your bug. <laughs> but... but it doesn't matter. Vitor Belfort has been a shot fighter for his last like five fights now. Um, but this is his biggest fight because this is a, a former champ. Belfort was a champ back in the day-day. You know, this guy was just champ like two champions ago, so... He's complaining about fighter pay, which doesn't make sense. But, but you know, if you look at him, he's lost most of his big fights in the UFC, though. Hmm. I forgot he co-made event against Vitor Belfort, but everybody's been beating Vitor Belfort lately. But he's lost his big fights against Machida. He lost to Uriah Hall, and he lost to Jacques Array. He avenged the Uriah Hall loss, though. He did, but that's still... Well, he's also been in multiple fight night main events. He's been in, like, four. Let me get to the skinny of this here. What I'm, what I, what my problem with his fighter pay comment is he called out people like Mark Hunt and Dan Henderson, but these are legends of the sport. These are guys that fought for a very long time that earned those contracts they got. Mm-hmm. Musasi hasn't done that yet. He hasn't, he, he hasn't even really won the big one to me yet. He wins this Saturday, he wins the big one. He'll get more pay, whether it's UFC or Bellator. But you got to win this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I commend him for speaking up about fighter pay because he's really rolling the dice on this. I just think he could have waited till right after the fight, even in the post-fight speech. But I know what you mean. It, it, it asks, where's his head in the game if he's... If he's already thinking about yeah. this and he's got the biggest fight of his career this <clears throat> Saturday, this could put him in title, like legit title contention. I agree. And my strong is going to be, you know, can't have a week without mention, hashtag Maymac. Dana White <laughs> came out today on the Colin, Cow- or the Colin Cowherd show and said... He's trying to make it. If we want to see it, the Insomniacs want to see it, let's make it happen. Dana White's on board. Thank you. Yay, Dana White. Yeah. Bless you, sir. All right. Well, I guess I will go ahead and start with my strong. And my strong this week is Kevin Lee, the Motown phenom on the MMA Hour. If you heard him on that, he really aired some grievances against the MMA media that I did not disagree with him on. 
I am sick of the MMA media pushing their little darlings on us, pushing all these. They're really pushing Bellator on us, especially particularly you, MMA beat. I don't want to hear you telling me why are we not giving this organization a chance. I heard one of you specifically say one time, a smart MMA fan knows how to distinguish a good fight between a bad fight. Well, guess what, guys? I am a smart MMA fan, and I'm distinguishing that that Bellator pay-per-view is hot garbage. Not every fight on it, but I'm mostly picking on that main event. Shao mm-hmm. Sonnen versus Wanderlei Sylvan is, is kind of a disgrace to the sport. I'm not trying to be so hard on Shale because I love Shale Sonnen. I love him right now on podcasts. I love him right now as a commentator, a host, anything. I just don't love him as a fighter. And these guys are, are, are pretty much Gushing. multiple times cheats of this sport. The one hasn't even fought in three years because he's been suspended. The one just came back and fought recently for you in the short-term memory. He was terrible. And he just came off of a long suspension for steroids. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't get it. And you as the MMA media, because of your dislike for the UFC, you seem to be pushing this Bellator brand on us. And I, I just don't like it. I, I feel like when you try to push these fights on me, even as MMA media, who's supposed to be some type of influence on MMA fans on what's good and what's not, you guys are supposed to be known as experts, not just cover the news. And I just feel insulted when you try to tell me to give this Bellator card a chance. I really do. I genuinely feel insulted. So let's just stop it. I love how Kevin Lee called out Eric Hawani. Now that I got a main event, now you want to talk to me. But three years ago, you didn't even want to say hi. Good for him. And he really stamped. He, I, I don't know. I just really liked everything he had to say because I really am starting to look at. I, I'm starting to make a group <coughs> for myself. Where I'm putting. I'm making a list of a real fighters coalition, and Kevin Lee's one of them. This guy wants to fight. He wants to fight the very best in the world, and he wants to do it often. Him, people like Donald Cerrone, people like Max Holloway, uh, Tony Ferguson, Stipe Miocic, these guys that are quietly just keep fighting and winning in big ways and is fighting anybody and everybody and not asking for any shortcuts or any type of ridiculous fight or turning down anybody. Those are the fighters I want to see. Kevin Lee, good for you for taking a stand and taking a shot at Eric Hawani and the MMA media in general. Now, my week this week, Insomniac, it kind of goes with you, but my week is actually... The fact that David Hay, the boxer, he said his management team has been reached out by UFC officials about a potential boxing matchup with Jimmy Manuel. Hashtag Maymac. Give the dog a bone. No. <laughs> I'm so tired of this boxing thing. Jimmy Manuel has put together probably his most impressive streak ever in MMA. He's looking like a true breakout star. It looks like he's really ready for that upper echelon to do some big things in MMA. Let's not do this, please. Mm-hmm. Keep the man in MMA. I'm tired of hearing this boxing versus MMA talk. Hashtag Dana, I heard back. you say it was a one and done today, but I don't know how much I really agree with you. I saw Roy Jones Jr. hanging out in the UFC headquarters like two weeks ago. You know, now you have David Hay being reached out for a Jimmy Manuel fight. Enough is enough already. This isn't the first time we've heard about this potential <coughs> matchup, is it? Well, David Hay called him out at the London card right. in his post fight speech. And then now David Hay is legitimately calling him out. I mean, getting calls by the UFC about a potential matchup. So I'm just done with it. I want to see MMA fighters fight MMA fighters, and I want to see boxers fight boxers. I think it's going to be an entire card of cage fighters boxing boxers. And I'm just not going to change my mind on that. That's what they're trying to do. I'm just not. I I, I don't don't like it. Hashtag me, man. I don't either. Put him in a cage. 
Thanks for watching us battle it out today. We appreciate your attention. Please tell your friends. Like, share, retweet us. Get the Better Fightcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Check out our flagship program, Better Health and World, also on SoundCloud and iTunes very soon, God willing. To consume life, good food and habits, culture, comedy, the mind, everything that speaks to maximize the human experience. Follow all the shows at Better Hall. That's at Better H-E-W. Follow Joe at Joe Knows MMA. Sean at MMA underscore Insomniac. Gabby at Gabby underscore T. And me at Matthew J. Better. We love you guys and girls. Peace.